0: The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. The Lord be with you. A demoniac who could not speak was brought to Jesus, and when the demon was driven out, the mute man spoke. The crowds were amazed and said, Nothing like this has ever been seen in Israel. But the Pharisees said, He drives out demons by the prince of demons. Jesus went around to all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and curing every disease and illness. At the sight of the crowds, his heart was moved with pity for them, because they were troubled and abandoned, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is abundant, but the laborers are few. So ask the master of the harvest to send out laborers for his harvest. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Starting in verse 18 of Matthew's Gospel, chapter 9 we've seen a series of undeniable, miraculous events unfold in a kind of, a, at least the way that chapter 9 reads, almost a real rapid succession. Yesterday we were reading and we heard two of those uh, undeniable uh, events. Uh, a woman was healed from a hemorrhage, the uh, raising of Jairus' daughter, one of the synagogue officials. There's one in between the reading we have today and and the reading we had yesterday that was the healing of two blind men. And then today we have a mute person who is now made capable of speaking. So as these kind of these events just unfold, and again, a kind of a a real rhythm and and quite close connection, it seems, in the Gospel of Matthew as he reports these events of Jesus' life, everyone is amazed by what has taken place. see some kind of supernatural uh, power at work they say they conclude they're amazed and say nothing like this has ever been seen in israel and that's the whole sense of again just that would happen so intensely so often so frequently that one person will be performing these miracles obviously the the quality of them is something unique too but there's something about that in the text that suggests. This uh, miraculousness of it, the amazement of it, I should say, rather. Now the response to that sense that there's something supernatural at work here is varied. You know, some are going to be indifferent, of course. Some would be intrigued and some will really follow Christ. But yet there are some Pharisees, we're told immediately, who draw an entirely different conclusion. They see as they kind of see things for Jesus unfolding in these miracles, they see that he's yeah, eating with tax collectors and sinners, that he is uh, seemingly disregarding uh, ritual purity laws, and that he's offering forgiveness to people apart from the temple where forgiveness was to be. So they, they put those things into their heads and their mind, and then they draw their conclusion that he has some supernatural power at work, and what do they say? He drives out demons by the prince of demons. That's our conclusion, basically. His power comes from Satan himself. I don't think you can really set yourself more against another person or in opposition to them than to uh, conclude that they're doing everything they're doing by the power of the devil. You've pretty much set yourself in opposition to that person when you've said that. Now imagine someone made that claim about you. How would you respond (laughs) if someone actually said that about you? Notice Jesus' response, though. It's an important lesson. The way Jesus responds, he doesn't get into an argument. He doesn't challenge it, actually, even. Rather, he simply continues his work. The very next thing we're told about him is he continues going to the towns and the villages, teaching the synagogues, proclaiming the gospel, and curing every disease and illness. He continues with the work. He doesn't get into an argument or a discussion or a confrontation with those leaders who opposed him. He continues to show them, highlighting the importance of the work that he is doing, the work that all of us should be doing. In particular, highlighted by this phrase that when Jesus sees the crowds, so that we can connect to what Jesus' ministry is for ourselves most concretely, his heart was moved with pity for them. So he really highlights the importance of having deep, empathetic compassion to those who are troubled. And abandoned. Those who are like sheep without a shepherd. So when we find ourselves in those oppositions uh, about things that we do, rather than argue and challenge it, like Jesus who by his actions reminds us of the call we have as Christians to serve those who basically hunger and thirst for God. This is an abundant harvest, by the way. Those who hunger and thirst for God, whether they know it or they don't know it, is an abundant harvest sitting out there waiting for us to go and serve them, to have deep empathetic compassion, to have our hearts be moved with pity, to draw them to the source of what will satisfy fully the hunger and thirst for God. We just need to be actively bringing those people always, constantly striving in our actions and and drawing them and, and helping them be attracted to this great source that is the Eucharist. That harvest is abundant, but the laborers are few. So let's not only ask the master of the harvest to send out laborers, but let us be those laborers ourselves.